0: decided to join us for this session. In this episode, we're going to continue our discussion on what true faith looks like. In the first episode, we mentioned that faith is not just about what we know. It's as much about what we don't know. We used Hebrews 11.1 to show you that faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. Even though we can't see it, we know it exists and we can and should believe that whatever it is, is in our possession, spiritually speaking, even though we don't possess it naturally speaking. We also told you that these unknown or unseen things often deal with the big ticket items in our lives. Uh, things like where we're going to live, who we're going to marry, what university we attend, maybe which company we work for. God is very interested in the major pit stops in our lives. And the reason that he is, is because he has plans for all of us. He has plans for you. And when it's the small things, uh, they don't really have a bearing on that plan. He's really leaving it up to you as, as a grown adult, as a Christian, to make your own decisions in life. But there are major decisions in life, these these, major, these big rocks, if you will, that they can and often do impact that final uh, plan or not necessarily final plan, but just a plan that he has for you in life. Think of it this way. If God wants you to uh, be an influence to a certain group of people, well, you have to work at a place where those certain people are. If he has gifts that he's implanted in you to be used in some way, and those gifts are complemented by uh, gifts in somebody else, then he's obviously going to want you to uh, have a relationship with that person in life, whether it's a friend or or romantic or or whatever it might be. So hopefully you're seeing the big decisions in life. God really does care, uh, wants to have a say and does have a say. It's just whether or not we are seeking him and listening to him so that we can walk walk out that plan that he has for us. Uh, so we told you that uh, often the unknown or unseen things that we see in Hebrews 11.1 1 deal with these big ticket items in our lives. Jeremiah 29.11 uh, reminds us that he does have plans for us. God said, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And that's going to be important to remember as we progress on our conversation in this session that we're having faith that what God has planned for us is a good thing, that he's not creating plans that are gonna hurt us, harm us, uh, but that they're good plans. So knowing all of this, I want to encourage you to learn this lesson now. (laughs) Learn it the easy way. Learn it the way uh, where you seek God's will for your life in these major areas proactively because we can learn this lesson the hard way. I know my wife and I did. In fact, I told you that I was going to share a story with you during this session about how we learned it the hard way. I'm going to share that in in a second here. When you seek God's will, when you ask Him which path He wants you to take, you're actually living out this type of faith that we read about in Hebrews 11.1. 1. You see, when you have multiple options before you, and you ask God which option He wants you to take, it takes far greater faith than if you were to just make those decisions on your own, based on your own natural circumstances. We used the example in the last session of two different companies that you could go work for, you're in the job market and uh, you're trying to figure out which company to work for. Well, most people in this world are going to make that decision based on the location, based on the hours, maybe the benefit package, the salary. And so we could just make those decisions on our own. And that really takes either no faith or limited faith. No faith, if we just make it on our own and we make that decision by ourselves and We don't really care what the outcome is. It really takes no faith. If we're making the decision on our own, but there's one way we want to go, then we'd take that to God in prayer. And it takes a little bit of faith because we're asking him and believing him that he'll give us exactly what we're asking for. But it takes this greater faith, this true faith to say, Lord, I don't have all the answers. And I'm not going to go based on salary or location or culture of the company or benefit package. I want to be where you want me to be, surrounded by the people you want me surrounded by, having the influence you want me to have. God, I want to take the path that you've got for me. That's really this Hebrews 11:1 1 faith we see uh, when it's talking about faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. So when we have those multiple options before us, we really want to seek the Lord in that. Again, it's, it's already hard enough in life to weigh all the options. It, it takes effort and energy to list all the pros and cons, to walk out uh, what's good about this and bad about this path, and what's good about plan B and what's bad about plan B. It takes time and energy and resources to talk to mentors in your life to seek wisdom and counsel and friends and family, and then to make that big decision. That all alone does take some faith. But it definitely takes faith to really ask God, what do you want? Which path do you want me to go through? It takes faith to tell God what you want and then believe he's going to deliver on it and really standing on that whole idea. Psalm 37, 4, where because he's a father, and we have desires in our heart, we're trusting that he'll give us what we're asking of him. And we know this, he does. I'm not saying that he doesn't. He is a father. We can go to him with details and with specifics and say, this is what I'm looking for, God. I'm asking you to deliver, and he will. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we can live a greater level of faith and we can more fully live out the plans that he has for us when we really ask his opinion, if you will, or his input. Think of it this way. It takes even greater faith to ask God where he wants you and then accepting the plan that he shows you. Why? Because we don't have all the details. That's faith. And if we have our heart set on B and we go to him with A and B, As it says in Proverbs chapter three, we seek his will in all that we do. And instead of A, we feel him pulling us towards B. That's gonna take some faith because, and and it's gonna take obedience. It's being willing and able, right? Because we want A, he's telling us to go B. And now we've got to walk that thing out knowing it wasn't our first choice or really our, our choice at all. So maybe you're asking the questions like, uh, Lord, where do you want me? Who do you want me to be an influence over? Who do you want to influence me? Which place is the best for me to live out my destiny? If you're asking these questions, you're in, you're in the right place. You are starting in the right position. But if you're not asking these type of questions, it may be time to get in that position Remember this, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We covered 3, 6 in our last session. Let's look at 5 and 6 together. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Verse 6, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. That's really the emphasis of what we want to get out of this session. Seek the Lord's will in all we do, or at least in the big things in life. And he'll show us which path is the one to take. When we do this, it can be scary. Uh, We might not like the path that he's chosen for us. Why? A lot of times it's because maybe the path he's picked is, uh, is one that stretches us. Maybe it challenges us in some way or makes us grow. And we all know that we don't like change, challenge, or growth. And honestly, maybe you don't like the assignment that he has for you but I'm convinced of this, where God guides, he provides. It's true, God provides for us in many ways all the time. After all, there are certain things we are promised as Christians. We talked about a few of those in our last episode, where as a Christian, there are things that belong to us. Healing belongs to us, provision belongs to us, protection, peace, rest, joy, all of these belong to us, and God provides them really no matter where we're at in life. Now we understand that the wages of sin is death, so if we're rebelling against God or living in a, in a way that is ungodly, we step outside of that umbrella of protection, if you will, and the results are often death. But there's living in rebellion, There's really living our own way. And then there's what we call the sweet spot. And the sweet spot is when we seek God in the big things and then walk those out trusting him. The sweet spot is his plan for our life. And I believe this, that when we live in the sweet spot, we get all there is from him. All of those blessings come to us in a special way. The sweet spot is His will, His plan, and His place for us. In the sweet spot is where we find His grace at its greatest level. It's the place where His provision is, where we'll just miraculously have the financial and human resources we need not only to live life, but to accomplish what He's calling us to do. It's where His divine health dwells. You'll find yourself healthy, vibrant, and full of energy, when you're living smack dab in the center of his will. It's that, old, it's that idea that Jesus said, yoke up with me. What, do we, what does he mean by that? Hey, let me take on the majority of the weight of this world and this life and this pace and this schedule and this craziness. Look, when we're walking down his plan and his purpose, it's so much lighter for us. But when we try to go it alone, it's like lifting weights without a spotter. If it gets too heavy, you're in trouble. It's in this place, this sweet spot, that we find all of this. So let me ask you a couple questions. Will everything be a bed of roses for you if you walk out his plan? No. Will you still meet trials and adversity? You bet but you'll be better equipped and positioned to take them on. It's almost like when we choose our path over God's, we're telling him, I've got this. I'm going to live this life or make this big decision on my terms, God. Well, our terms are not as blessed as his. Let me give you an example personally of where this happened for Mia and me just a few years ago we had the opportunity to uh, build a home and it was uh, our, it would be our second house and the first time that we ever built a house. And it was really interesting because we wanted to try a whole new way of living. We were going to move from the burbs out into the country and try country living and and see what that was like. We wanted to do the whole thing, you know, chickens and a, a few acres of land and all that fun stuff. And Mia and I, uh, our heart was was right. It was in the right place. And what we did as people of faith is we stood on things like Psalm 37, 4. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And so what we did from minute one is we told God, this is the type of house we want. This is the size of property we want. This is the location we wanna be in. All the way down to the details of these are the rooms. These are the amenities. This is the color of paint that we want. We took it all to God, and we set it before him, and we trusted him. We had faith that he would deliver that house for us. Lo and behold, God is so good, he did. In fact, not only did we get exactly what we wanted, but he blessed it in so many ways. We found ourselves uh, taking out uh, a mortgage where we didn't have to pay mortgage insurance, even though we hadn't put 20% down it was unheard of. The bank just basically said, you're good, we trust you. Now we had some people, some friends that we know that were working on our behalf. And so they spoke on behalf uh, for us and said, hey, we can vouch for them. They're not going to default. They're, they're going to do a great job. They're going to pay on time. But it was still unheard of. That was God. We, uh, we purchased uh, a certain amount of acres for a crazy amount of money. I mean, we got a massive discount on it. We got discounts on the home. Again, uh, we had friends that helped us, but we also believed the Lord was involved. I don't have time to tell you how how many times we saw God's hand on this. It truly was a blessing. We purchased an entire appliance package for the house and we received like a $3,000 discount on it. In fact, the store that we purchased the appliances from, Mia and I were convinced that the salesperson was an angel and that if we, if we went back to the store a couple days later, she wouldn't be there anymore. This is how incredible it was. But even though this house was customized, we designed it, we built it, we picked everything. A year into it, we felt homeless. It was the strangest thing. It was the house we chose but we didn't feel at home. It wasn't what we wanted. And we tried everything. Within our budget, we tried to get new furniture. It didn't make it feel like home. We tried redecorating rooms and it didn't feel like home. We tried changing the paint color. It didn't feel like home. There was nothing that we could do that made this place feel like home. And a number of things, I don't have time to go into detail, but a number of health things happened to me some stressors and some anxiety and stuff started to creep into, into our lives. And we just didn't feel graced to live there. No matter where we went, we'd travel for, uh, for this ministry. We'd travel all around the country. And Mia and I would ask each other, could we live here? Thinking that we were in the wrong place. Well, Mia and I began seeking the Lord on it. And we felt in our hearts that we were supposed to put the house up for sale. It was insane. We just built this house, and it was everything that we wanted. And as we began seeking God, we realized we made a big mistake, and he told us, sell the home. Now, that was a hard pill for me to swallow. Mia was more on board with with trusting God than I was. She was ready to take the big step. In fact, she felt like the Lord kept saying, Take a big step. And I kept just standing in the natural, wanting to hold on to this property, thinking I'd made a huge mistake and what an embarrassment it would be to sell the house and move. Well, over the course of time, we sold the house, we began looking for homes. And this time, as we began looking for homes with our realtor and our friend, Mia and I went before the Lord and said, Lord, Look, here are some of the things we want in our house, but ultimately, we want to know where you want us to live. Lord, what neighborhood do you want us to live in? What type of home do you want us to live in? What budget do you want us to work within? What kind of mortgage do you want us to take out? You know the details, Lord. You know what the economic environment's going to look like in a few months. You know what neighbors need to be influenced. You know what kind of community we need to live in. You know, you know everything, God. And you're going to show some details to us and other details we won't know yet. That's faith. And after looking at some 30 homes, I'm here to tell you we found our dream house. In fact, as I share this story with friends, I often get quite emotional because it's incredible how God fulfilled every desire of our heart. And this time we sought his will on where he wanted us to be. We purchased a home that was built uh, probably in the 90s, so it's not brand new. Another family had lived in it, obviously. And I'm here to tell you the house that we live in today is more home to us than the house we built on our own. I'm not here trying to to tell you what to do. I'm here trying to encourage you who to go to and what to ask of him to truly walk in faith and watch him bless you and help you fulfill the plans that he has for your life. The challenge that I lay before you today is this. What is it that God's tugging on your heart about? What major decisions do you have to make in life that you've been trying to make on your own? It's time to practice Proverbs 3. Seek his will in all that you're doing, and he'll show you which path to take. He'll tell you which company to work for. He'll tell you who to marry and who to run away from. He'll tell you where to volunteer. He'll tell you how to launch this ministry thing that maybe he's laid on your heart. When we seek him, he'll show us which path to take. And folks, that is true faith. And that's where the blessing is. That's where the provision is. That's where the sweet spot is. I'm here to tell you both from personal experience and from the word that our terms are are not the best place to be. It's easy to get out of your mess if you're in one. Just repent. Just do that 180. Say, God, I've been doing this on my own. I'm going to turn around and seek you and do it your way. Seek him in his will. He'll show you which path to take. That's true faith. Remember, where God guides, he provides. And his plan is the blessed plan. Listen, ultimately, the best plan for your life is to make Jesus your Savior. And I believe this, he's guiding you to that path if you're not there yet. So if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, we want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. It's very simple. You just do two things. Number one, you believe that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. And then you say a simple prayer. This prayer is really a confession Of Jesus being the Lord of your life. It tells us in Romans 10 that man must first believe with his heart and then confess with his mouth. And when you do that, your life will change forever. You may not feel anything, but by faith, you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. He lives in your heart. And when you die, you'll spend eternity in heaven with him. So I want to give you the chance to do that right now. I'm going to say a simple prayer. You can either repeat the prayer after me as you're listening or you can say your own prayer, but either way, make sure you pray and confess Jesus as Lord. Say this, Father God, I believe in Jesus. I believe he came to this earth. He died for my sins. He rose from the dead and he's alive today. Jesus, I confess you as Lord of my life. I give you the reins over my life. I love you. I need you, I believe in you, and I choose you today. Jesus, help me, love me, show me, teach me, and guide me. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're excited for you if you made that decision today. It's the greatest decision that you can make. If you did, we want to encourage you to do two things. Number one, Get into a church, a local church. Don't just watch something on TV or online, but get planted into a local church and tell someone there about the decision that you made. And number two, we want you to get a Bible in your hands and begin reading it. That Bible is God's love letter to you, and it will reveal to you the plans that he has for your life personally. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, uh, you're welcome to reach out to our ministry and we'll send one to you. Which leads me to the next thing. If you want to know more about our ministry or you want to contact us, you can check out our website. It's mattandmia.com and is spelled out And Mia is M-I-A. And we're all over social media. We have a Facebook page, McCarty Ministries. Uh, we also have a, a Twitter account where you can, uh, you can follow us there, Matt and Mia, spelled out. And then uh, on Instagram, matt.mia. In fact, we want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram if you can. We're trying a little project here. The more people we can get to follow us on Instagram, the greater our reach will be for Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for this session. We're humbled and honored that you take time to listen to us. Now go out there and do what God has for you, and we'll talk to you next time on this podcast.